are Locked On Cougars. This is your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. Thanks for joining us on a Thursday edition of the show. A lot of news yesterday coming from the BYU football program regarding future schedules in 2020 and beyond. We'll talk about that. Also get you ready for a showdown between BYU and the Pepperdine Waves in basketball tonight as well. So a lot to cover on today's show. We are proud to be part of the Locked On Podcast Network, which is America's number one daily podcast network and with that rundown out of the way let's get it started here this is locked on cougars for january 30th 2020 What's up, guys? I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. Thanks again for joining us on this Thursday edition of Locked On Cougars. We aim to be your one-stop shop for all the BYU sports news you need to know each and every day. This podcast is available anywhere and everywhere podcasts can be found. So whichever podcast provider you listen to your podcasts on, hit that follow or subscribe button. That way you never miss an episode of this show. And also, if you don't mind, take a minute and give us a favor favorable rating and review. A lot to get to on today's edition of the show. Let's start off with the news yesterday of BYU and Stanford extending their current four-game series and making it an eight-game series that extends out 15 years. Yes, you heard me right, 15 years. The last game in this new series between the Cardinal and the Cougars will be in 2035. Um, Just for some context, I have a three-year-old daughter. 15 years from now, she will be theoretically a senior in high school and that is just mind-boggling to myself but that should give you some context hopefully of how far out this series schedule is but I think the good news is on this is that BYU and Stanford a Pac-12 opponent they have set up now four games for BYU to go to uh, Palo Alto or Stanford California and play in November against the Cardinal. Let's uh, talk about this for a minute because I think a lot of people, when this news broke yesterday, a lot of people thinking that BYU essentially signed up for a series where the back half of the series when BYU is expected to get home games against Stanford, they come in the latter half of the series by and large. There's uh, essentially three home games for Stanford versus one for BYU in the first four games and then one away game at Stanford and three home games for BYU in the back half. And some people on Twitter yesterday, you can follow me at Jacob C. Hatch. You also can follow the show on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Locked On Cougars. Express some of their frustration that, well, this is essentially just a four for one. BYU's going to play all those games in Palo Alto, and then Stanford's just going to buy their way out of the other games. That very well could be the case. But let me make a statement as to why I actually think most of these games will get played. And let me backtrack a little bit here. In the current format of college football, and particularly in the Pac-12 conference, there are two programs in that conference who have an annual series with independent Notre Dame. We're talking about Stanford and USC. On a rotating basis annually, one program of those two, so either USC or Stanford, plays at Notre Dame. The other play hosts Notre Dame on Thanksgiving weekend. It's just an annual tradition these two programs have with the Fighting Irish. It's not something that's going away anytime soon. And as it stands, that makes it for a imbalanced or an unbalanced scheduling agreement or essentially a scheduling snafu for the Pac-12 with regards to these two programs scheduling one program in Notre Dame. 
Well, to avoid a season finale buy for some of these programs, guess who can step in and play these games? Oh, hi, there's an independent program in Provo, Utah, who travels fan bases all over the place. That would be the BYU Cougars. So Stanford has signed up for BYU to be there off of, so essentially the years that they play at Notre Dame and they're not hosting the Fighting Irish on Thanksgiving weekend, BYU slots in there nicely. USC is doing something similar with the Cougars. And the reason why I believe that these games, speaking of the back half of this new eight-game series for BYU and Stanford get played, is because the Cardinal understand that they don't want to have a regular season finale bye. They don't want to have a, a bye in that final week of the season. It just it causes issues because a lot of people like to strategically place that bye at either the midway point or earlier on in the season to have a week off and get guys healthy. You don't want to play 12 games in 12 straight weeks like USC did a couple of years ago. So that is why I think that BYU will get these return games in Provo. Um, some more details on this. All of the games at Stanford, so coming up this season in 2020 on November 28th, also in 2022, 2026, and 2028, all of those games will be Thanksgiving weekend out there in Stanford. I don't think BYU fans should be complaining about getting a Power 5 opponent in, Stan- in Stanford in November, considering a lot of the complaints have been about the fact that BYU's schedule in November sucks. Okay. Then conversely, all of the games for BYU at home against the Cardinal are going to come in the first few weeks of the season, similar with Pac-12 scheduling rules. Unless you're Notre Dame, essentially, or BYU, you have to play your non-conference games, speaking of the Pac-12, in the first three weeks of the season before the conference season begins. So BYU will host Stanford on September 13th, 2025 for the first game in Provo of this series, and then also in 2029, 2031, and 2035, and that's the 20. 35 games the furthest one out all of those appear to be the season opener in Provo for BYU on the schedule obviously a lot of this can change and there's no reason why a new athletic director 15 years from now could say why are we playing BYU on September 1st they could buy out of that game but as it stands if the current scheduling of how the Pac-12 does their scheduling, their how they go about it, stands long term, and I don't see why it would change in the near term or even looking further out. BYU is a nice partner to have to opposite to place opposite of Notre Dame. They're two independent programs. BYU's eager to get Power 5 teams on their schedule, obviously. I think this is a fantastic series for BYU. I think it's a prestigious series. I understand that the history between Stanford and BYU is kind of an interesting one because Stanford is kind of perceived as one of the programs that would actively or has actively uh, advocated against BYU joining the Pac-12 conference in the past. But as it stands, I think Stanford understands, hey, in terms of a business relationship, this is big money for us. BYU travels fans and droves. And I think it's a good series all the way around for BYU. And call me a, an optimist in this regard or versus being a cynic, as I probably should be as a media member. I think these games do get played, and I think BYU gets at least most of these return games in Provo against Stanford, and this series could be even more games added on to it at some point. I think it's a fantastic setup for the Pac-12, and as long as BYU is still an independent program, I would keep an eye out to see both USC and Stanford remain as pretty regular um, opponents on BYU's future schedule. So there you go. Some of my thoughts on that new series that was announced yesterday by BYU and Stanford on 
on a four-game extension uh, to their current series. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about the 2020 schedule in particular. It was officially announced yesterday, even though we've kind of known it for months. We'll get to that here in just a minute. Before we do that, though, a reminder for you guys, when you guys are out and about driving to or from work, you got your honey-do list, you're making drives around town, or if you're just doing stuff around the house, piddling around the house, getting that honey-do list done as well, you can use your smart device to listen to this podcast, and you don't have to lift so much as a finger to do it. All you got to do is tell your smartphone or your smart speaker, play podcast Locked On Cougars, and that way you always stay up to date with all of the latest news in BYU sports. It's our goal to be your one-stop shop for all the BYU sports news, insider information, and everything else you need to know about the Cougars each and every day. So make sure you don't miss it, and make sure to tell your smart device, play podcast Locked On Cougars. That way you're always the smartest BYU fan in the room. All right, guys, more scheduling for BYU football was announced yesterday. The 2020 schedule is officially out. We have the dates locked in, but they're not really locked in because they can change based on TV partners later on this summer. But BYU has officially announced their 2020 schedule, which will open up Thursday night at the University of Utah on September 3rd. They'll follow that up with a home game. BYU's home opener will be on Saturday, September 12th against the Michigan State Spartans. The Spartans will become the second Big Ten team to play in pro after Wisconsin was the first in 2017. Hopefully BYU has a better record or better uh, game against uh, Michigan State in Provo than they did against Wisconsin. If you think back to that game, that was ugly. BYU obviously beat uh, Michigan State pretty handily out there in East Lansing a couple of years ago. And then they followed that up the first month of the season. It's a Power 5 heavy schedule you would expect. BYU is home to Michigan State. And then the next two weeks, they're at Arizona State beginning a home-and-home series with the Sun Devils. I think this is a fantastic series another Pac-12 opponent on BYU's schedule, and then at Minnesota, the first meeting between the Golden Gophers and BYU. And the funny thing to me is looking at the schedule currently based on how the 2019 season went and looking forward on into uh, 2020 and beyond, I think Minnesota might be the best team on paper on BYU's schedule entering the season. There are three uh, teams that were ranked in the final top 25 on BYU's schedule. So uh, Minnesota obviously the highest at number 10 in the AP poll. Utah was number 16 and Boise State number 23. I would expect that Utah drops out of the preseason top 25 just with how much talent they're losing, but who knows? But I think Minnesota, on paper right now, might be the best team that BYU faces on, in 2020. And think about when this schedule, we kind of f- figured it all put together a couple years ago. Who would have guessed the Golden Gophers under P.J. Fleck, row that boat, would have been the best team on paper on BYU's schedule looking ahead to the season? I wouldn't have guessed it, and you can put your hand down because I don't think you guessed it either. I think Arizona State's an up-and-coming program as well. That should be a fun game there. So that's the first month of the season. Second month of the season kicks off as Utah State returns to their annual Friday night game ahead of uh, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints General Conference. That'll be a Friday night game in Provo as BYU host, their longtime rival in the Aggies. They'll follow that up with a second home game in a row against the University of Missouri. <clears throat> Missouri is uh, also similar to Michigan State, the second team out of the SEC to make a trip to Provo. After Mississippi State has done it twice so far in the uh, series history between the Bulldogs and the Cougars, but the Missouri Tigers making a return trip to Provo, and I think this is a good game for BYU to have on the schedule. There's a new there's a new coach out there in Missouri, and Elijah Drinkwitz. We'll see how he does in his first year, and I think it's a good time to catch an SEC team. They have that moniker, and getting them in Provo in October that's not that's not nothing to sniff at. I think it's a fantastic setup. They have a third straight home game in October against the University of Houston, a team team that looked very good on paper before the news of Derek King, their star uh, quarterback deciding to transfer, came out earlier this season. He's transferring to the 
University of Miami. So Dana Holgerson, one of the bigger characters in college football. Not sure what to make of the Houston Cougars as they renew that series between the Cougars and the Cougars. And then BYU will finish out their October slate at Northern Illinois. The first game ever in BYU football history in the state of Illinois as they travel to DeKalb, DeKalb. I don't know how you say it correctly. I've had multiple people tell me multiple ways how to say it, but BYU makes that trip to Northern Illinois. I'm guaranteeing right now that when this game comes up on the schedule, why are we traveling to play at a Mac school is going to be a talking point. Just getting that out there. And it is what it is. Then in the final month of the season, I think this is actually a pretty good final month schedule comparative to what BYU's had in the previous 9-10 years of independence. They'll kick it off at Boise State on Saturday, November 7th. Then they're back home against San Diego State trying to get some revenge for this past season. Brady Hoke uh, will be the head coach in Provo for the first time since, if you remember, Fumblegate and the whole situation with Chad Bunn and that fumble reversal that caused all kinds of consternation. Yeah, Brady Hoke was the head coach of the Aztecs way back then. Then now he'll be the head coach once again as San Diego State comes to Provo. Then BYU's regular season finale will be their annual FCS game on Saturday, November 21st. That'll be senior day as BYU takes on FCS team North Alabama. Should be a snoozer in that regard. And then finally, as we talked about in the first segment, the series against Stanford, the eight-game series that BYU has, kicks off in 2020 as BYU goes to Palo Alto to face off against the Stanford Cardinal on Saturday, November 28th. So, some interesting uh, series history going on, some firsts, some uh, very rare occurrences on the schedule for BYU as they look towards the 2020 schedule. It's cool to have the second Big Ten and SEC teams ever to come to Provo coming in with both Missouri and Michigan State. I don't think that's something that you, you just gloss over. I think the 2020 schedule, it's unrelenting, it's tough, but like I've said on this podcast previously, I'm very bullish on BYU's chances in 2020. I think this program, the roster itself, is going to start to grow up real quick. You're going to have a lot of sophomores and juniors who have had a lot of game experience, and that should serve them well. I think you're catching a number of opponents at good times in theory. Right now, the University of Utah obviously replacing a ton of talent and a ton of production on their team. Michigan State had very much a down year. Arizona State is very young, similar to BYU, maybe even younger than that. Herm Edwards is a character. There is no doubt about that. Like I said, Minnesota going to the Twin Cities, that should be a tough matchup. It's the first series, uh, first game in a series between these two opponents. I think that's tough. But then you go into October, you have Utah State, obviously always a tough game. Missouri with a new head coach, who knows how they'll look. Houston retooling their roster, who knows. Northern Illinois had a rough year this year. Boise State, a top 25 team, I'm expecting they'll still be good. They'll have to figure out the quarterback situation there. San Diego State, who knows how they look under Brady Hoke after Rocky Long did what he did. Uh, can he kind of carry on things? You would expect so for at least one year. And then Northern Alabama, you should roll there to pseudo buy with this FCS buy game that you play every year. And then at Stanford, had a down year in their own right. So on paper, it's a very unrelenting schedule because because of the the prestige and kind of the the perception of opponents on the 2020 schedule. It's very tough. It doesn't relent. There's no real game you look at and say, you know what, outside of North Alabama, that's a layup for BYU. But I think that the in terms of right now, the talking points of these opponents, it's probably a good schedule for BYU to be catching at the right time with a team that's growing up right before our eyes. 
I could be up in the night on that. Like I said, I'm bullish on BYU's talent going into 2020. If they can attract some talent, and uh, in the transfer portal yesterday, Devontae Henry Cole from the University of Utah, a guy who's a senior-to-be, entered the transfer portal. Could he decide to come to BYU and be the lead running back? Who knows, but... There's an interesting situation to to be examined here with BYU and the schedule. I understand on paper it looks like what might be the toughest schedule in BYU football history, but also looking deeper into it, there's a number of question marks around the opponents for BYU, BYU on this schedule. So you could be catching some teams at the right time to, uh, to get that win, have the prestige factor of it, and move on with it. I... Who knows? There's obviously that's why they play these games, but looking forward to the 2020 schedule. I'm excited. I think it's a fantastic slate. I think it's a fantastic slate of home games in particular. If you're thinking about getting uh, season tickets, you've got teams like San Diego State, Houston, Missouri, Utah State, uh, and also Michigan State coming in. There's no reason not to get season tickets to BYU, despite what some people might say. I think it's a fantastic schedule, and I tip my cap once again to Tom Homo for doing that. Uh, speaking of Tom Homo, He'll be holding his now annual media summit, his roundtable with the media. I will be in attendance at that later today, so I'll have more thoughts on my Twitter feed, etc. later on on today's show. You also will have more highlights of that on tomorrow's podcast as well. All right, coming up here in just a minute, we're going to switch gears and talk some BYU basketball, previewing what should be an interesting game against the Pepperdine Waves tonight. Before we do that, though, a reminder for you guys or a plea for you guys to continue giving us your favorable ratings and reviews on whichever podcast you're listening to us on. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, it helps so much if you give us a five-star review and leave a note about the show because it helps two ways. It helps us find BYU fans and also helps BYU fans find us because they're, we pop as a pop up as a suggested podcast for BYU fans who may not be familiar with this podcast. We've had incredible download numbers. I can't thank you guys enough for your continued support of the show. It is a blast to be with you each and every day. It's so much fun to do this podcast and talk BYU sports every day. But I would encourage you guys, continue sharing this with your family and friends who are BYU fans, but also don't forget to give us a favorable rating and review on whichever podcast provider you listen to Locked On Cougars on. All right, guys, BYU basketball is back in action tonight, looking to get back into the win column after suffering a disappointing defeat at San Francisco on Saturday. And Pepperdine is the opponent tonight, and it's an earlier game than normal. 6.30 tip-off on CBS Sports Network, if you're trying to find it on your TV lineup. Uh, interesting, BYU playing doesn't play very often on CBS Sports Network, but with the new agreement with the West Coast Conference, I think you'll see a few more of these games going forward. Pepperdine comes into this game having won four of their last five games. They're currently in a tie for third place in the West Coast Conference with BYU, despite being 11-10 and 10 overall. I think this is a program that's building something under Lorenzo Romar, the former Washington coach. He's done a good job down there, and I think this is, a, as Mark Pope said yesterday during media availability, a, quote, dangerous opponent to have coming into Provo. BYU can't overlook Pepperdine. This would be a loss that would be a catastrophic loss for BYU's NCAA tournament chances. As I said on that special postcast edition of the show on Saturday after the loss to San Francisco. I feel like BYU has essentially used up what I term to be a a mulligan in their conference slate, losing that game against the Dons. You yacked up a 14-point lead, gave up, what, it was a 21-0 run, then an extended 32-5 run to lose that game. And BYU now has to take care of business against opponents. You can't overlook Pepperdine as St. Mary's comes to Provo on Saturday. You can't think ahead to, to the Gales and forget about Pepperdine. 
Very talented team. Guys who can score a lot of points. Colby Ross averages 20 points per game as our leading scorer. They've got forwards in Cameron Edwards and Kessler Edwards who average good rebounding and scoring figures. Cameron, 16.9 points per game, 7.2 rebounds. Kessler Edwards, 13.8 points per game, 7.9 rebounds per game. And then Skylar Chavez also averaging 11.8 points per game. Pepperdine's got a lot of weapons. They're coming into Provo thinking, you know what? If we get a win here, we're going to move up in the rankings. We're going to move up in the standings in the West Coast Conference. BYU cannot afford to overlook this team. It's a talented team. Cameron Edwards is the reigning WCC Player of the Week. He averaged 18.5 points and 11 rebounds in their wins over Santa Clara and Portland last week. So this is a sneaky, dangerous matchup for BYU. Entering conference play, you would have thought, okay, Pepperdine, a little more of a layup here for BYU as they face off against the Waves. But Pepperdine's coming in on a hot streak. They've only lost once, and that is two St. Mary's in the last five games. And BYU, like I said, they cannot afford to have defensive lapses in this contest. Uh, TJ Hawes yesterday uh, speaking to the media, he was he was very frank about it. And uh, TJ, well, let's let you hear from it. He said a lot about BYU in that San Francisco game and what happened in that second half that has kind of influenced how they've practiced this week. Uh, you know, I thought uh, in the second half uh, our defense – we weren't we weren't locked in as a team defensively, and um, that that was basically his message, um, and that's been a huge emphasis this week in practice is you know getting after it defensively, um, you know being alert, being active at all times, whether you're on the ball or off the ball, and uh, you know helping. Uh, we got to guard, you know, one guy is going against five guys at all times, and we all got to be um, engaged and locked in and focused, and so. I thought we've had a great three days of practice defensively, and I feel like we've made uh, great strides moving forward. And so uh, I think, you know, sometimes a loss can be a great learning experience, and hopefully that's the case for us. There you go. TJ Haas after media, after practice yesterday, speaking with the media, and you heard him say, in the second half, our defense, we weren't locked in as a team defensively, and that's an indictment on BYU's attitude in that game. They have to understand that this is a, a series, a league that BYU has struggled in traditionally, and they just can't take things for granted. They just can't roll out and think, you know what, we're going to pick up a win here. That does not happen for BYU and the WCC. It shouldn't happen ever, honestly, and I'm glad TJ's speaking about that. He also said sometimes a loss can be a great learning experience as well as you heard there. I think that BYU got a little bit of a wake-up call in that loss to San Francisco, and the hope is that, yeah, you move forward now and you are locked in going forward. You've got games against St. Mary's coming up on Saturday. You've got Gonzaga here just a little ways out. You cannot afford to have lapses against teams like Pepperdine, particularly when they're coming in on a hot streak and tied with you in the West Coast Conference standings. I think this is a game BYU should win. But can they lock in? Can they get the offense rolling? The nice part is BYU is back home in the friendly confines of the Marriott Center. The crowd will be going nuts. If you don't, if you don't have your tickets, I would encourage you to get out there. BYU, and I don't mean to sound too down on BYU, but they're on track to make the NCAA tournament as an at-large team still right now. You just cannot afford to have another lapse in a second half or a game period if you want to make the NCAA tournament and snap that, what, four or five season streak of not making the big dance. 
chance coming up this March. So I'm glad TJ Hawes is speaking out on this. He's always been a leader for BYU, a guy who's not afraid to uh, speak his mind. So there you go. Big game tonight, 6.30 p.m. Mountain Time, CBS Sports Network. The BYU Radio Network, obviously, with Greg Rubel and Mark Durant will have the radio call on that. But an earlier tip-off than normal, 6.30 down there at the Marriott Center in Provo. And if you want to get out and watch one of the better teams in recent BYU history, do it. BYUtickets.com could have a lot of fun. BYU currently number 29 in the latest NCAA net ratings. Ken Pomeroy at KenPom.com, who kind of uh, projects ahead for BYU, has them as a top 25 team. This is a good BYU basketball program. I don't mean to sound too down about it, but with how the West Coast Conference is perceived, you cannot have some of these losses that could uh, affect BYU's chances of getting that at-large bid. And it starts tonight with Pepperdine. So we'll be out there covering it for you. Excited to be covering that as well as the Tom Homo Media Summit. Today I'll be down in Provo pretty much all day long and looking forward to doing that. We'll be back tomorrow with a recap of what happens against Pepperdine tonight. Also get you some of the thoughts, sounds, whatever we learn from Tom Homo during his media summit today as well. That'll be on tomorrow's podcast as well as the listener mailbag. Some of you sent him some great questions from the mailbag this week. We'll get to those as well. Enjoy whatever's left of your Thursday and we will talk to you soon guys this has been Locked on Cougars for January 30th 2020